Section 29 of The Theory and Practice of Brewing. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Gray, CG Systems and Gadgets. The Theory and Practice of Brewing by Michael Combrew. Section 29. Of the incidents which cause the heat of the extract to vary from the calculation, the allowances they require, and the means to obviate their effects. By incidents, I understand such causes as affect either the malt, the water, or the mash during the time the brewing is carrying on, so as to occasion their heat to differ from what is determined by calculation. As these might frequently be a reason of disappointment, an inquiry into their number and effects will not only furnish means to prevent and rectify the errors they occasion, but also serve to confirm this practice. In our researches on the volume of malt, some notice was taken of the increase of bodies by heat and the loss occasioned by evaporation. Water, when on the point of ebullition, occupies the largest space it is susceptible of, but contracting again when cold water is added to it. The true volume of both, when mixed together, remains uncertain, and may cause a difference between the calculated and real degree of heat. This cause, however, producing an effect opposite to, and balanced in part by evaporation, becomes so inconsiderable as hardly to deserve any further consideration. Water, just on the point of ebullition, may be esteemed heated to 212 degrees, though, by the continuation of the fire, or by any other cause, the heat never goes beyond this, yet was cold water added to that, which violently boils, the degree expected from the mixture would be exceeded. For the cold water absorbing the superfluous quantity of fire which otherwise flies off becomes hot itself and frustrates the intent. The time, therefore, of adding the cold water to the hot is immediately before the ebullition begins or when it is just ended, and in proportion as we deviate from this practice, the heat in the extract will differ from the calculated degree. The water every mash should, as near as possible, be got ready to boil and be cooled in just before it is to be used. A liquor which remains a long time after the ebullition is over and the fire has been damped up loses part of its heat if cold water is applied to it. The effect cannot be the same as it would have been at first. On the contrary, if the liquor is got ready too soon, and cold water immediately added to it, in order to gain the proper degree of temperature, by leaving the mixture long enough, though the fire is stopped up, more heat than necessary will be received from the copper and brickwork, especially if the utensils are large. In both cases, the degree in the extract will not answer the intent. The effect of effervescence next deserves our consideration but this takes place only when the water first comes in contact with the malt. Germinated grains must, to become malt, be dried so that their particles are made to recede from one another, thus deprived of the parts 
to which their union was due when they come in contact with other bodies. As water, they strongly attract the unitive particles they want and excite an intestine motion which generates heat. This motion and this heat are more active in proportion as the grain has more strongly been impressed by fire and the extracting water is hotter. A large quantity of liquor applied to the grist is less heated than a small one by the power of effervescence. The least quantity of water necessary to shew that power must be just so much as the malt requires to be saturated, which we have seen to be double the volume of the grain. When more water than this is applied to the grist, the real effervescing heat is by so much lessened being dispersed in more than a sufficient space. A table shewing the heat of effervescence for every degree of dryness in the malt can only be formed from observations. To apply this table to practice and to find out, for any quantity of water used in the first mash, the degrees of heat produced by effervescence, three times the volume of the grist must be multiplied by the number expressing the effervescing heat per malt of such a degree of dryness and this produce be divided by the real volume of the whole mash. A table shewing the heat occasioned by the effervescing of malt for its several degrees of dryness. Dryness of malt 119 degrees, heat of effervescence naught. 124 degrees 3 and a half, 129 degrees 7, 134 degrees 10 and a half, 138 degrees 14, 143 degrees 17 and a half, 148 degrees 21, 152 degrees 24 and a half, 157 degrees 28, 162 degrees 31, 167 degrees 35, 171 degrees 38 and a half, 176 degrees 40. Malt dried only to 119 degrees raises no effervescence and the strongest is generated by malt dried to 176 degrees. The heat produced by this amounts to 40 degrees but the number of effervescing degrees in this or any other case are reached but from success attending our endeavours ultimately to penetrate the malt by heated water or not until the grist is perfectly saturated which in point of time generally takes up the whole space of the first mashing and standing. The air therefore cannot cause any diminution of heat, an incident which affects considerably every subsequent mash. The little copper being more distant from the mash tun than the other, the water there prepared in its passage to the goods loses some part of its heat and in proportion to the quantity of water used to the number of the extracts that have been made and according as the mashes have more or less consistency in the same time do they part with more or less of their heat. Observations made separately upon strong and small beer have shown the proportions of this loss to be as follows. For strong beer mashes 2d 3d 4th 5th heat lost 8 degrees 12 degrees 8 degrees 8 degrees for small beer mashes 2d 3d 4th 
heat lost 8 degrees, 16 degrees, 20 degrees. A grist not perfectly malted, or one which contains many hard corns, disappoints the expectation of the computed degree, as the volume cannot be such as was estimated from an equal dryness of true germinated grain. It has been observed that, in perfect malt, the shoot is very near pressing through the exterior skin. By so much as it is deficient in this particular, must it be accounted only as dried barley or hard corn. I know no better way of judging what proportion of the corn is hard to what is malted than by putting some in water. The grains not sufficiently grown will sink to the bottom. Were this to be done in a glass cylinder, the proportion between the hard and malted corn might be found with exactness, the unmalted parts being estimated with regard to their volume as barley, a quarter of them will be to the barrel of water as 156 to 1. Supposing, therefore, that in the brown beer grist before mentioned, the proportion of hard corns is of two quarters out of eleven, to discover the true volume of such a grist, the following rule may be used. Two quarters of hard malt, nine quarters of true malt, one fifty-six volume of one seventy-four volume at one hundred and thirty degrees of dryness, one quarter, three. 12, 15.66, 3.12, volume of two quarters of hard corn, total number 11, 18.78, 1.72, volume of one quarter of this malt to one barrel of water, and consequently the 11 quarters will fill a space equal to that of 6.47 barrels. By means of this rule, we may find what increase of heat any proportion of hard corns will occasion, as will be seen in the following table. Proportions of hard corns a quarter, a sixth, an eighth, a sixteenth, a thirty-second of the grist. Greater heat of the mash, four degrees, three, two, one, a half degrees. But the brewing of such malt ought to be avoided as much as possible, as the hard parts afford no strength to the extract. If a grist is not well and thoroughly mashed, the heat not being uniformly distributed in the different parts of the extract, the liquor of the thermometer, when placed in the running stream of the tap, will fluctuate and, at different times, shew different degrees of heat. In this case, the best way is to take the mean of several observations, and to estimate that to be the true heat of the mash. If the gauges of the coppers are not exactly taken, a variation must be expected, though the small and hourly variations in the state of the atmosphere have but little influence upon our numbers, a difference will be observed in any considerable and sudden changes either of the heat or of the weight of the air. Our instruments, and in particular the thermometer, are supposed to be well constructed and graduated. If the water cooled in with is more or less hot than estimated, or if the time of mashing or standing is either more or less than was allowed for, the computation must be found to vary from the event. While the malt is new, if the fire it has received from the kiln has not sufficiently spent itself, this additional heat is not easily accounted for. This is likewise the case when malt is laid against a hot brickwork of coppers, and on the contrary, a loss of dryness may be occasioned 
if the storerooms are damp. The artist should be attentive to all these incidents, though not pointing them out might appear neglectful. Enumerating more would exceed the bounds of use. Smolderists brewed in large utensils lose their heat more readily by laying thin and greatly exposed to the air, and, on the contrary, a less allowance for the loss of heat is required in large grists and to which the utensils are in proportion. This really is the only difference between brewings carried on in large public brew houses and those made in small private places, in other respects constructed upon the same plan and with an equal care. Prejudice has propagated an idea that where the grists are large and the utensils in proportion, stronger extracts could be forced from the malt in proportion to the quantity and that more delicate beers could be made in smaller vessels less frequently used. These assertions, from what has been said, will, I hope, need no further inquiry. The degrees of heat for the extracts are fixed for every intent, and it cannot be advantageous by any means to deviate from them. Brewings will most probably succeed in all places where the grist is not so large as to exceed the bounds of man's labour and not so small as to prevent the heat from being uniformly maintained. The disadvantages are great on all sides when a due proportion is not observed between the utensils and the works carried on. It will now be proper to continue the delineation of our two brewings and to put all the circumstances relating to them under one point of view. A brewing for porter or brown strong beer computed for 40 degrees of heat in the air. 11 quarters of malt dried to 130 degrees, 132 pounds of hops for 27 barrels a half, to go out at 3 worts, 31 inches above brass. Volume of grist, 6.32, water for first mash, 16, not, 22.32, Six thirty-two volume of grist, three eighteen ninety-six, six effervescing degrees, three degrees for hard carns, nine degrees equal to two inches a quarter, less cooling in for the first mash. Seven effervescence per table. Twenty-two thirty-two, hundred thirty-two seventy-two. 6 degrees of heat gained in the first mash by effervescence, 13,392. Mashes, 1st, 2d, 3d, 4th, 5th. Degrees of heat, 157, 158, 162, 164, 165. Barrels of water used, 16, 8, 12, nine nine quantity cooled in by calculation three quarters two two and a half two two boiling water by calculation barrels fifteen and a quarter six nine and a half seven seven allowances for incidence gc lc 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 Less two inches, 
quarter, mar two inches, mar three inches, mar two inches. A brewing for common small beer, computed for 60 degrees of heat in the air. Six quarters of malt dried to 130 degrees, 36 pounds of hops, 30 barrels three quarters to go out 56 inches above brass. Grist 342, water 1450, 1792. Volume of grist 342, 3. 1026 7 effervescing degree for malt at 130 4 degrees for effervescence 1 degree for hard corns 3 degrees for new malt hot 8 degrees to be deduced from the first cooling in 1792 7182 7168 14 4 degrees of heat gained in the mash by effervescence. Mashes 1st, 2D, 3D, 4th. Degrees of heat 154, 166, 170, 174. Whole quantity of water used. Barrels 14 and a half, 14 and a half, 11, 11. Quantity to be cooled in. Barrels 3 and a half, Three and a quarter, two and a half, two and a quarter. Boiling in by calculation. Charged barrels. Eleven, eleven and a quarter, eight and a half, eight and three quarters. Allowances for incidence. GC, GC, LC, LC. Inches. Less two, more two, more four, more five. These computations, perhaps will appear more troublesome than they really are, but besides the facility which exercise always gives for operations of this kind, the satisfaction of proceeding upon known principles will, I hope, encourage the practitioner to prefer certitude to doubt. One advantage must greatly recommend it, and at the same time secure the uniformity of our malt liquors. Tables for each sort and season may be made beforehand, and will serve as often as the circumstances are the same. The trouble of the computations will by that means be saved, and by collecting together different brewings of the same kind, the artist will, at any time, have it in his power to see what effect the least deviation from his rules had upon his operations, and to what degree of precision he may hope to arrive. That nothing may be wanting in this work, to facilitate the intelligence thereof, I shall insert the method of keeping the account of actual brewings made according to the computations I have here successively traced down. The first column contains the charges of the coppers and the numbers computed. The next, the brewings made from these numbers with their dates and the degrees of heat found by observation. The variations occasioned by unforeseen incidents are supposed to be allowed for at cooling in by the artist upon the principle that each inch of cooling in answers to four degrees of heat. Noting in this manner the elements of every brewing we make when the drink comes into a fit state for use, we are enabled to compare our practice with the principles which directed it. By this means, experiments constantly before our eyes will be the most certain and the best foundation for improvement. Small beer, 
heat of air 60 degrees, 6 quarters of malt, 36 pounds of hops, for 30 barrels 3 quarters, to go out 56 inches above brass. Observations 1760 June 27th, 1760 June 30th, 1760 August 3rd, 1761 July 3rd, 1761 July 3rd. First liquor, charge, great copper, 2 inches a half above brass, cool into 13 inches a half above brass, rake half hour, mash 1 hour, stand 1 hour half, heat of the extract intended 150 degrees. 151, 149, 150, 153, 150. 2D liquor, charge great copper 7 inches above brass, cool into 13 inches and a half above brass, mash 3 quarters hour, stand 3 quarters hour, heat intended 162 degrees. One wort came in 33 inches above brass, boiled one hour half, went out 28 inches above brass, into 13 inches a half above brass. 161, 163, 163, 148, 162. Third liquor, charge little copper 3 inches a half above brass. Cool into 13 inches above brass, mash half hour, stand half hour, heat expected 166, 2, 166, 165, 165, 167, 15. Fardy liquor, charge little copper 10 inches a half above brass, cool into 13 inches above brass. Mash half hour, stand half hour, heat expected 170 degrees. Two wort came in 39 inches above brass, boiled down to 28 inches above brass. 166, 165, 165, 167, 15. Length 31 barrels. Parter, heat of the air 40 degrees. 11 quarters of malt, 132 pounds of hops for 27 barrels, half, to go out at 3 words, 31 inches above brass. 1761, November 20th, 43 degrees. 1761, November 3rd, 35 degrees. 1761, November 3rd, 40 degrees. First liquor, charge great copper, 13 inches above brass. Cool into 17 inches half above brass, rake half hour, mash one hour, stand one hour half, extract expected 153 degrees, 153, 151, 154. 2D liquor, charred little copper two inches a half below brass, cool into three inches above brass, mash three quarters hour, stand three quarters hour. Heat expected at the tap, 154 degrees. One wort came in great copper, 16 inches above brass. Boiled one hour, went out 13 inches above brass. 155, 
153. 3D liquor, charge little copper 10 inches above brass, cool in to 16 inches above brass, mash half hour, stand half hour, the tap to come down 158 degrees, two word came in great copper 11 inches above brass, boil two hours, went out 5 inches above brass. 157, 157, 158. Fourth liquor, charge little copper, one inch and a half above brass, cool into six inches a quarter above brass, mash half hour, stand half hour to come down 160 degrees. 161, 160, 161. Fifth liquor, charge little copper, one inch and a half above brass, cool into six inches a quarter above brass, mash half hour, stand half hour, tap to come down at 161 degrees, three words came in 25 inches above brass, went out 13 inches above brass, 160, 161, 160. End of section 29.